When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Good morning and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton. And again, for a second week in a row, James Batchelor from the Watford Way. Ben, we'll start with you. Um, <laughs> difficult to do this, but put the result aside and how's your week and your weekend been? Um, week aside, um, pretty pretty good to be honest. Um, yeah. Playing six as high football still, uh, managed to score Monday night and we won. So I'm mm-hmm. pleased with that. Got my hair cut Monday as well. Yes. Like yourself, I've seen you had a haircut Monday as well. Um, yep. So yeah, feeling good. Um, weather's picking up as well. And then, yeah, yesterday's shit show at Kenworth Road. <laughs> yeah, it weren't great, was it? Uh, <laughs> not, not really, mate, no. Um, but yeah. Other than the Watford results, pretty good week. Um, how, how's your week been? I saw that you went out last night. Was that because of the Watford result or was that already planned? Um, it wasn't planned, no. Um, as I say, <laughs> I got my hair cut on Monday. And uh, for those that were asking separately, um, they are highlights that I have got. I got a bit of stick about that in the pub yesterday, let me tell you that. Um, but yeah, um, week's been all right, you know, still training. For, for that running in October and that's that that's going all right at the moment um but yeah yesterday um my mate texted me and after the Luton game that was and he was watching my old um Saturday league team play and they play at the Ledger Centre which I live next door to so I went and watched them um so w- watched a bit of grassroots football they won 3-2 uh, so massive so shout out. Entertaining, wasn't it? I, do you know what? It was a good, good game. So massive shout out to Eastleigh Robbins. I know a couple of them listened. So, um, but yeah, that that was a entertaining game. And uh, and then yeah, I was walking home. My mate shouted me. He was like, "Duffy, we going to the pub?" And I was like, "Uh, oh, okay." You twisted my arm. So I uh, ended up at the pub. Okay, you twisted my arm. <laughs> you ran to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I said. Beat you to it, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I ended yeah. up at the pub, and, and do you know what? I feel fresh. I just feel shattered. Uh, so yesterday, after that, I needed it. So yeah, uh, mm. and then as I said, we are joined by James from the Watford Way fan channel. Uh, James, how's your week been? Well, my, my week's been quite good, as Ben said. The weather's um, picking up quite nicely now. Got my hair cut on. I think it was Wednesday. Got my hair cut. 
So that feels like kind of like a weight off my head, quite literally. Um, and yeah, it was getting long, running. wasn't it, James? Oh, well, for me, Ben, it was getting a little bit long. Yeah. I mean, I like mine. I mean, I, I get skin fades. I, I have a zero on the sides, essentially. That's right. Um, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's right. Feeling brave. Yeah, yeah mine, mine. It's a bit long for my liking. I mean, I think. I think the last time I got mine cut was what, like before Christmas time. So yeah, I mean, it's wow. been what four wow. months. Yeah. So that was nice, but obviously, obviously the what result was not as nice. So yeah, that put um, a dent in my in my good week, shall we say? Yeah. I've seen that you've been doing lots of running as well. Uh, yeah. Fair play for that as well. I think you're improving oh, the distance and getting a better today. time as well. Thank you. Thank you. Any any reason for that, James? You're not training for any event or anything. No, not really. I just, um, I like cycling as well. So, you know, cycling, running, you know, whatever I can do. I mean, I'm, I'm at home quite a lot at the moment anyway. So I just thought, um, you know, I'd get out and, and yeah, I mean, it's nothing better than, than keeping fit is there. So, so yeah, mm. that, not no real reason for it, but I'm sure, I'm sure in the future I'll, I'll build up towards some, um, you know, long, longer distance running as well. Yeah. Tell you what, keeping fit's the best thing, especially mentally as well. Like last after yesterday's performance, the best thing for me to keep myself active to like try and forget about a walkthrough result. Me and yeah. my missus did like a half an hour workout, and it just felt better after that. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's hundred percent better doing a workout, isn't it? You mean like a workout on a DVD, right? <laughs> Uh, YouTube, not, oh, not right. like a Davina McCall DVD. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, that other ones are decent, to be fair, mate. Uh, I've, I've used, oh, well, uh, well, have, you got, have you got the subscription or something? No, my mum, I, I use this excuse. My mum's got the, uh, the fitness DVDs and I've used them before. Oh, They're right, decent. okay, yeah, yeah. This chat that we're having at the moment at the start, this is, be- this is going to be better than the actual chat about the game. <laughs> so make that's, sure. that's why I'm prolonging it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, lads, we do have to talk about that game at Kenilworth Road yesterday. Um, we'll start with the team moves. There was two changes. Yeah. I almost said one because there was originally one and then another one happened. Um, mm. So the original team moves was the change was Sanchez was starting in place of Chalabar. So Trusta Kong was back in. So it was... Uh, Backman, Femenia, Trusta Kong, CRL to Messina, Hughes, Sanchez, Zinganagel, Saar, Pedro and Sema. And I thought, OK, I, I understand that. Maybe, you know, Sanchez had a solid game against Reading when he come on. Maybe Chalabeth could then come on and sort of, you know, if Sanchez's legs start to go, we've got Cleverly up was back on the bench. Uh, we've we, we got Chalabeth as well. So, you know, I thought, OK, that's fine. And then there was further news that there was a late change that, Adam Messina actually wasn't very well. So Lazar come in. So Ben, when when you heard that news and then bearing in mind the actual team news itself as well, what were your thoughts going into that 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 big, big game at Kenilworth Road? Um, prior to the Lazar um, news that came out, I, I felt okay, similar to you. I said last week that I wouldn't have minded Sanchez getting a start if Chalaba was a... Um, not fit enough to start, but um, that that was the thing that Cleverly wasn't available at all. But seeing Cleverly back available, I thought, oh, this is the kind of game we kind of needed Cleverly. Mm. We needed his high intensity. So it was a bit of a shame maybe to see Cleverly on the bench, but you could maybe see he's not played for weeks and it would be a massive um, gamble to start him um, in a local derby, wouldn't it? And, and he could have picked up a little injury, which could have resulted in him coming off the game. But um, the whole Lazar thing, um, got to feel sorry for Messina, who, who, who obviously he trained and that, um, did the warm-up, 
And then it was before kickoff, he was starting to feel sick. And I can't blame him for feeling sick because if I was training at Kenilworth World, I'd feel sick too. Um, but it's just a shame that he um, he had to pull out the starting lineup because Messina starts yesterday. We went and lost that game. Um, we ended up losing that game to one stupidity um, in the match, which cost us really. Yes, yep. we weren't great, but that one error, which was um, Lazar, it's cost us massively. So if, if Messina was fit, we wouldn't have lost that yesterday. Yeah, James, do, do you agree with that? You know, obviously the, the team lose itself. Yeah. You know, take take out, you know, the Lazar Messina for a moment, but the team lose itself, we were you happy with and then you're a little bit worried about Lazar because he's <laughs> he's not been great for Watford so far. I'm, do you know what? Um, also as well, he had a chance in the second half. I'm jumping the gun massively here. And I thought he's going to hit this, but he didn't. And that's the one time he perhaps should have tried to hit it. But yeah, what what was your thoughts with the team moves? Well, I I mean overall, I mean I mean if we were in Disco's shoes and we and we were picking a team, I'd say pretty much that that is the team you would choose. Maybe obviously apart from Carlos Sanchez, obviously you know as Ben said, Tom Cleverley um, and Dan Gosling were on, were on the bench to you know who, who could have been in his place. But you know, overall, I was you know I was quite happy with that. I thought that team was more than good enough to beat Luton. Um, yeah. There shouldn't have been any excuses not to beat Luton. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy. And I actually, I can't really blame Zisco's team selection because, as Ben said, we were sat here last week against Reading saying how Carlos Sanchez maybe should get a start. And yet he yeah. does get a start and he doesn't play very well. So, you know, you can't really blame Zisco for the team selection as such. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, at that point, I was I was quite relaxed and quite happy with the team, actually, to be honest. Yeah. It's funny you say yeah. it's funny you say there about you know having enough quality. We we would have thought that team would have had enough quality to beat Luton. Um, I wasn't going to like have a pop at them because they beat us and it, it, they could sort of easily come back and say, "Well, we won." But I'm going to anyway, and I was just thinking that we could probably put an eleven together of guests we've had on this podcast and beat Luton as well. So that's what frustrates me. But are <laughs> you going to say something then, Ben? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I agree with James. I don't think we could criticise Cisco for the starting lineup. It was probably the best to his disposal for the players that was fit. What we could probably blame for Cisco for is, is the way we approached the game. Um, yeah. We saw the hype on social media from Watford Twitter, giving it the big and thinking that we was we were convincing us that we was going to stroll out at Kenilworth World and and, and just roll Luton over. The, yeah. the footage is that we saw a week, the interviews, even the interview with Cisco and Mooney. And then the preparation all week, they had eight days to prepare for the local derby, the big one. This is, look, put promotion to a side. Um, don't care about promotion for a second. This is our local derby. This is our rivals who we've had for, over, for X amount of years. This is a game that we want to win. Fans can't go to this game. So we wanted them to put on a show because we knew all the fans would be watching, everyone would be tuning in. And the preparation, the tactics, Cisco was out coached again yesterday. I think thought, thought that was similar to the Middlesbrough away game. And that's maybe that's back-to-back away games now where the opposition, they kind of know how Watford are going to set up. They know they're going to flood that right-hand side to start and Kiko can't get down it. And it, it's just, it's frustrating. We've got no plan B at the moment. And I just yeah. thought, Cisco, he's got to take a lot of flack for yesterday. Yet not for the team selection, but for the tactics and preparations leading into this game. 
Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's talk about the game now. Obviously, we talked about the team news. It was evident. We were talking before before we start recording, James, weren't we? And we were saying that from that first whistle, Luton just looked much more organised, much more aggressive on the front foot. It's a narrow pitch. They restricted us to, you know, they, they restricted us all over the pitch and they just looked more up for it from that first whistle, didn't they, James? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, and to be honest, I was actually quite shocked with, with what I saw, especially in that first 10 minutes. I thought Luton pressed us so high and, you yeah. know, Watford were really struggling to, to clear our lines at times. And we just looked so disjointed. I mean, everyone was out of position. I thought, Will Hughes, I mean, I can say everyone played poorly because they did, but I thought Will Hughes, um, especially positionally, played quite poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the back line were getting um, twisted in and out, um, especially Kiko, actually. I thought Kiko, you know, had a really poor game as well. But I can say that for every player today, and I just thought that first 10 minutes really set the impetus for for what the rest of the game was going to be like. And, and yeah, I mean, actually, I've got to give Luton credit because they were no. really up the game. No, um, you don't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Not only sure you don't. <laughs> no, I know you what you mean. Have, you, have to, you do have to give them credit, Mike, because yeah, they were up to the game. You know, the season they've had. Um, you know, they are they are in mid table. They've had a bit of a nothing season in terms of what they're fighting for. They're not fighting against relegation. They're not fighting for promotion. They're kind of just doing not a lot in mid-table. And I know a lot of their fans were looking forward to this game. And, and you could tell their players were looking forward to it too because that first 10 minutes especially, I mean, I mean, I was just shocked. I was just absolutely shocked. Yeah, I was watching the game with my brother at home. And, um, you know, obviously we had that terrible sort of first few minutes. And he, he, we were both really unhappy watching it. And I sort of said to him, I says, no, camp. I says, it's all right. He says, we've often started games slowly the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And then once we get a bit of a feel for the ball and start stringing a few passes together, that's when we'll start to really kick on. But that didn't happen yesterday, did it, Ben? No, not at all. It was just wave and wave after attack from Luton. And yeah. I thought they were... They just capitalised on us not having Messina and they were just bombarding Lazar. I don't think he got much help from Ken Semmer yesterday, to be fair, and defensively, uh-huh. where we've maybe seen Ken Semmer helping out a lot lately. But, um, yeah, they just flooded both fullbacks. I thought Kiko was really poor yesterday and he struggled as well, where normally he looks quite good defensively. But, yeah, it was really poor yesterday. And like you said, Luton was just more aggressive. They, they had a higher intensity. We couldn't get out of our own half. Um really struggled to get a foot on the ball, really struggled to make a challenge. It was like we was afraid to get stuck in. Um, no one really treated yesterday as a, like a derby apart from maybe Sirielta. I saw that he looked a bit fired up in that. Um, but no one else really approached the game like it was a derby. Yeah, it, it, it was just not what you expect from this Watford side. Like, I've seen, we've seen us play badly this season. And I, I tell you what yesterday reminded me a bit of, Ivic style of football. Like, yes, yes, we were playing a different formation, but in yeah. terms of how we were set up and how we were playing, it was very Ivici, if you like. I mean, I think the first real chance we had, and I, I really don't understand what the thinking behind this was, but it was when Hughes played that short free kick to Zinkenagel. And Zinkenagel was in acres of space. I'm surprised no Luton player picked him up. And it's like he's got it. And then he sort of it's always curling Half away. Hit it, didn't he, really? I just don't understand what, 
is that something they've worked on in training or I don't know it's was he hoping for someone to run in front of a keeper or to get maybe a get a flick on, on or, yeah but um, yeah I was disappointed with that we couldn't we didn't make the most of that we we put all our centre backs forward for that one so we we brought a lot of height into a box and for us to not actually put a proper ball into a box and threaten them was really disappointing because that that was a really good opportunity there and it was like we just gave possession back to them and then they counterattacked really quickly off the back of that as well. Yeah. Well, that's all they really. That's all they really restricted us to. I mean, we, there was a couple of shots in the edge of the box throughout the game. I think Hughes had one in the second half. But you know, apart, you know, in terms of creating chances, the only chances we did have, you know, come from what thirty yards out, and and you know that they, they yeah. were getting hit way over the bar, and and that's all they really restricted us to in the game. So, in terms of a looting game plan and restricting what the chances on goal, I I, I thought it worked quite well, and and we kind of. It reminds me of the Bournemouth game, actually, how Bournemouth set up. They set up to frustrate us. They, they got into our heads. Um, so, yeah, it kind of reminded me a bit of a bit of that Bournemouth game where, where Pedro got sent off, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they had a few big opportunities themselves. And I was sort of thinking, right, OK, yes, they're having a lot more opportunities than us, but they're not doing anything with it. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if we can just nick a goal against them on a play and that would really piss them off and that would be like really frustrating for them and they might sort of implode a bit. I mean, they had that chance of Dewsbury Hall um, out swinger just past Backman's back post and I think one of the guys on the line pretty much missed the header otherwise it was an open goal for them. So, um, you know, we went into the break nil-nil and yes, we were playing poorly but it was still nil-nil and that was the most important thing and I- I'm going to be honest, guys, that at half time, I was thinking I'd take a nil nil now. The way we were playing is actually you. You both agree with Ben? You you first? Yeah, well, I was grateful to go in at half time at nil nil because Luton <laughs> yeah. dominated that and they had a lot of chances. They just weren't clinical enough to maybe edge the first half on the scoreline. Um, we was really poor. So yeah, and looking at the results elsewhere as well, I think both. Brentford and Swansea were drawing at that time as well. So I was thinking, yeah, a, a point here wouldn't be as bad as we would have made out before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, going into the second half, it, it was evident that something needed to change. I, I think, I don't know whether it was the Tom Cleverley interview that he did with WDA team, um, that he said that Cisco has a couple of times given sort of a hairdryer to the players. And you, you wouldn't think he's got it in him looking at him. And you were sort of hoping that would happen again going into the second half. And James, I, I want to talk about that, the, the change that we made at half-time. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. Success coming on for Zinkenagel. <laughs> like, yeah. we've got other options on the bench. and He, he, he did nothing again, didn't he, Jones? Well, well, Isaac's success is quite a funny one because we've talked about success. I mean, so many times on this podcast and and you know a lot of what is he's a very controversial figure in the, in the fan base isn't his success and I think something did have to change you know I was actually expecting him to make a change at half time whether Zinkanagel uh, whether success for Zinkanagel was the right change to make um I don't think it was I mean I was doing my watch along at the same time as this and I was saying Andre Gray for me I think that Andre Gray when he's come on He's still not being given starts under Zisco, really. I think Andre Groff is a lot more in terms of running in behind. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it was just, uh, it was just a little bit baffling. Um, I could kind of see what Zisco was doing with it, maybe because Success can hold up the ball a bit more. He could get us up the pitch and, and you know win us some set pieces. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, for Zinknagel, I mean, there's definitely worse players than Zinknagel on the pitch yesterday. So yeah, a bit of a strange one, but I could kind of understand what he was doing in terms of bringing on another striker to obviously, you know, get the impetus in the game. I didn't know that the the rule with the substitution at half time that doesn't count as one of your sub like you know you get three opportunities now to make is it five substitutions yeah I was wondering one at half time my brother told me yesterday because we were scratching our heads a little bit when Gray come on because that was the fourth occasion we'd made a sub and oh. I've since found out that a sub at half time doesn't count towards your three opportunities to make a sub. Um, yeah. So yeah, just uh, if anyone was wondering yesterday, and uh, I think also another thing that happens in the first half, I think it was a uh, big shout out to John Parslow for pointing this one out. Um, I probably should know it being a, a former ref myself. The first half, I think it was Bradley or Naismith flicked the ball up in the air and then headed it back to the goalkeeper. Apparently, you cannot do that because that counts as a back pass. But Gavin Ward missed it. So, um, yeah, the, I, I, we can't blame the officials yesterday uh, at all because it, it was our we were the architects of our own downfall yesterday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just in that second half was no different, was it, Ben? Like, we just... Okay, we may be strung a few more passes together. We we maybe looked like getting forward a bit more, but in you know in terms of actually troubling Sluger in the goal, it just didn't happen for us yesterday, did it? I thought maybe the first twenty minutes of the second half, I thought we had a little bit more control of a game, and there was a tiny bit more intensity being shown. I thought I thought Pedro playing a little bit deeper. I thought he was performing a little bit better, and I say a little bit because. He was non-existent first half, but we actually saw him on the ball a bit in the second half. So I thought that that was helping things a little bit. But yeah, it was just we weren't getting into the final third. I think we only got to the final third once yesterday, and that was when um, Ken Semmer finally beat his man and he got he pulled it back, and we had an opportunity. And unfortunately, we didn't put it um, goalwards. But we need to be creating opportunities for our strikers. Um, it's easy to say that Jao Pedro has not scored for X amount of games, but have we been creating opportunities for him to score? I don't mm. think we have really in the last few games. And that's similar to like success as well. He came on. Did we create opportunities for him? No. Uh, Andre Gray, he, he, okay, he had that disallowed goal at the end. But apart from that, did we create anything? No. So we're shooting ourselves in the foot here. We're not creating enough opportunities for our strikers to actually put it in the back of the net. Exactly. And uh, I think we've spoke about a couple of songs where since the international break, like our momentum has sort of derailed a little bit. Yes, we've, um, up until this game, we won a couple and then drawn one. So we still hadn't lost. And I think this is only our second defeat in something crazy like 15 games. 15, yeah. So, but do you think that a performance like that yesterday was coming? Like it was inevitable on the cards because of how we've started playing since the turn of the international break? Anyone? Who was that to? Me Anyone? That, that's to the floor. Yeah, that's to the floor. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you okay. take, you um, take that. Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say. I think um, even before the international break, I think we had one game just before the international break and we weren't at the races, but we managed to get the results. And I think that was maybe tiredness creeping in. And then the international breaks, it's it's halted momentum, hasn't it, with Watford? We look like we've gone back in ourselves. And I agree with what you said. It looks like we've maybe gone back to like the Ivic way where we're showing no intensity at all to our players. 
And that's what Cisco was all about when he came in. It, like he's done a brilliant job with the morale, lifted spirits and that. And what he did at the start, he was it was lifting the intensity and the the tempo to the game. And since the international break, we've gone back into ourselves, back in our shell, and we're not showing that. And I think when we don't do that, that's easier for the other opposition to play against us. Absolutely. Um, and then the the second change that, that took place was finally we saw Cleverly come on in the 61st minute for Sanchez. And yeah. that's when, James, I thought, here we go. Cleverly's type of player to take this game on the scruff of the neck. He'll hopefully yeah. sort of sweep up them balls in midfield, create chances, bring others into play. But it was just one of those games yesterday where it just was not clicking for us. I mean, Cleverly had, I think he... He a shot first time after a, a cross from Hughes on the 70th minute and it just dragged it wide of, of the post. But yeah. um, he, I feel a bit harsh saying this, but he didn't really change the game that in, in the sense that I expected him to. No, I wouldn't say he changed the game at all, really. I'd just say that it was another man to put in there. I mean, to, I mean, Tom Cleverley, from all the interviews I've watched and what other players have said, he, he seems like he's a really instrumental figure, you know, within this Watford squad. I'd say he's up right up there with, with Troy Deeney in terms of leadership, it seems, within the Watford squad. And, you know, it yeah. seems like a lot of younger players look up to him, which is great. Um, but was that a leader's performance yesterday? Obviously not. Um, but you know, no one yesterday performed well, and and Cleverly was just coming into a, into a team. He was replacing Carlos Sanchez, and he he just come into a team that's performing badly anyway. And you know, unless you're Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, it's very difficult to change a game on your own. Really, that's very true. Um, you know, so you know, I felt quite bad for him actually as well because he's obviously been out injured for such a long time. What well, before the international break, he got injured. He's just returned now. You know, what a game to return into, firstly. And, you know, coming on in the 60th minute, and you've got to get right up to speed really, really quickly. Um, and I did think he struggled at times yesterday. And, but it's good to see him back. And, you know, I, I wonder maybe if we'll see him starting against Norwich because I don't think Carlos Sanchez really um, did himself any favours yesterday. No, well, I don't think anyone did, which was worrying. Um, you know, more work for Backman. Tipped the, I think they had a chance, 73 minutes on the clock. Um, I think James Breedy, ex um, Aston Villa man, free kick from a from a corner and Bradley headed wide and then Backman tipped over a, a free kick as well. Um, but the seventy fifth minute was was a real problem that I had. Um, we've obviously spoken about Lazar not playing very well yesterday. That ball back to Backman Ben was suicidal and. You can't even blame Batman for it. Batman had to come to it because of how poor it was. And that Adebayo, although he didn't score yesterday, was a real handful for our defenders, I thought. Um, but he, he had to take, he, he, he had to try and claim the ball. And unfortunately, he took Adebayo and Adebayo actually went off injured. Looked quite a horrible one, actually. He was limping quite badly when he was going off. But um, you can't blame Batman there. I think Lazar has to take the full blame, doesn't he, Ben? Yeah, 100%. And I hope he apologised to his teammates after the game because he cost us three points yesterday. Yeah, I, I felt sorry for him a little bit being thrown in just before the game started due to illness for Messina. That's not great. But being a full-time professional footballer, you need to be in the right mindset to play at any opportunity. Yeah. Um, you've got to be ready to when called upon. And he was called upon a 
five, ten minutes before the game started and he needed to get in the zone. He should have been in the zone regardless, even if he came off the bench. And he, he was absolutely woeful all game yesterday. I thought he was a disaster. He was an accident waiting to happen. Um, and then that under-hit back pass back to Batman was just, like you say, suicidal. Um, Batman had to come for that. If he didn't come for that, Luton would have had opportunity one-on-one and they probably would have scored that as well. So, um, yeah. c- can't blame Batman. Um, the only thing is, I think Batman lost his head a little bit, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Afterwards. He looked proper flustered, didn't he? Yeah. 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 I think he thought he was going to get sent off yeah. and he started walking away and then it's like, come on, Dan, get yourself back in the zone. You've got a great record at saving penalties here. And then, unfortunately, um, Colin sent him the wrong way. Yeah, I thought that because he'd picked his bottle up out of the goal and he obviously thought he was getting sent off. And then when he realised he wasn't, he's, he, he just looked like completely lost and he, he was panicking big time. Yeah. So I, I did fear for that. But as Ben Even said... Even to tried to help him out, didn't he? He digged up the penalty spot. <laughs> he got booked for that, yeah. He did, yeah. <laughs> I did <laughs> that, love that. That. Was quite, that was quite funny, actually. Yeah, yeah I, 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 did, I did enjoy that. That, that was brilliant. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, as you say, one nil to Luton. And to be honest, it, it was coming all game. You know, they they had so yeah. many chances, and you know, I think Tommy Mooney perhaps jinxed it for us. He he said he couldn't finish one at one stage. He, he said that Luton couldn't finish his dinner at the moment. So, um, you know, it, it was it was coming. Uh, we we just weren't at the races yesterday. I mean, we made a couple more changes, which I'll just talk about now. You know, eighty-one minutes double change. Hungbo and Gray coming on for Lazar and Sema. So, you know, we're proper going for it. Hungbo is someone I would have liked to have seen much earlier because he's young and hungry. He likes to get on the ball. He likes to drive forward. Even yesterday, I think he struggled. I mean, I'm basing it on a nine-minute performance. But I think even yesterday, even he struggled. Like, just nobody could get into the game. Like, Nathan Jones set Luton up really, really well. And that really pains me to say because I cannot stand Luton. But... You know, they, as as Ben said earlier, Cisco was out coached by uh, by Nathan Jones, and then uh, just quickly, I, w- I want to touch upon um, Feminia, second bookable offence. Poor game yesterday, I think. You know, James he didn't need to bring him down there, and he was only yeah. yellow, so it was silly, wasn't it? It, it, it was really stupid. And, and actually, the, the guy he fouled wasn't really going into a dangerous exactly, position either. Yeah. He, was, he, he was going he was out for a go, throw. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, well, it looked like it was going over towards the corner flag to me. It wasn't really even, um, you know, it wasn't really threatening down on goal, was he? And, you know, Feminier just, you know, it looked like he had a tug on his shirt and, and obviously he's going to go down and, and get him sent off. And, you know, from a Luton perspective, rightly so. But from a Watford perspective, very frustrating in the 88th, 88th minute as well. I mean, really not needed. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're without feminine now for Norwich, which is obviously a huge blow. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm not too sure I didn't what's even happening think with Gakia. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Gakia can get back for that. Otherwise, we'll, it looks like we'll be playing Navarro at right back for no, Norwich. No, 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 help no. us, <laughs> which, which I'm quite concerned about. I've got to say. Imagine him and Lazar on both flanks. Oh, jeez. Brendan will be rub- uh, licking his lips. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, he'll be like, I can't believe my luck here. Looks in, quids in, happy days. Now then, the next big talking point from the game, um, did it hit a Luton player or not? Now, I haven't watched any replays from the game because I really, really want to erase up from my memory. But, Ben, what were your thoughts on the, the Gray disallowed goal? Because they're saying Gray obviously touched it and 
it went in from him and he was in an offside position. Hive Live yesterday said that the people have analysed it um, shortly after it happened and Gray was just offside. But um, a lot of other people are saying that it hit a Luton player, so it should have stood. What What was your view on the game or did you not see a replay? So um, Initially, I thought it was in. Um, seeing Gray running away like that as well um, got us all excited, didn't it? And I, I love oh, that yeah. he was celebrating against his former club as well. Um, <laughs> but it, unfortunate that the flag went up for it. Um, looking back on it, I can see what people are saying about it came off the Luton player's head. But for me, it looked like success headed it against a Luton player. So whether the contact from success to Gray was offside, because um, it was milliseconds from success heading it onto the Luton player's head and then it fell into the path of Andre Gray. So mm. I'm still standing by it was offside. Right. Yeah, James, did you have a, any different view? I mean, can I just say as well, when that went in, um, I felt a bit sorry because my um, my mum's partners had the the vaccine jab, so yesterday he was struggling with a headache all day, and he was on the sofa when the game was on, and I'm kidding you not, I shouted the house down, I was jumping around, I was, come on, get it, and I was going hell to leather for it, and then I saw the Lawrence's flag, but yeah, James, what was what was your viewpoint on on that disallowed goal? Well, I am, I'm literally watching it back right now on my computer okay. as we're recording this. Yeah. But the angle they've given us on YouTube is not, not the same replay angle we, we got on Hive Live. Um, look, ultimately, it was disallowed anyway. And I think that kind of summed up, summed up our day, really, because I, I was celebrating as well. I thought it was in. Um, obviously, it was disallowed. Um, was it? I mean... Do, you see, do but, you see the bit that success kind of flicks it onto the player's head? I can I can kind of see that, but we can't. for yeah for the official to notice that as well. Yeah, for the official um, to notice that. I mean, we're we're asking for a lot there. So look, ultimately, it's obviously disappointing that that wasn't given. But did we deserve a draw anyway? Yeah, that no. was going to be my no, next no, question. No, Would we have deserved <laughs> that draw? I'd have took it. Well, bloody hell, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd have absolutely took it, uh, especially with results elsewhere. I was a, a little bit pissed off with Wickham because uh, they were 2-0 off and they managed to blow that. And I think they, they went down to 10 men as well. Um, but fair play to Millwall. I, I don't know, was that 1-1 or was it 0-0? Nil, nil? Mm, nil, nil? Yeah, I think it was 0-0. Nil, nil. I didn't hear of any goals. So, But... Ultimately, uh, defeat in the um, local derby, really, really disappointing. Like, I'm sure we could sit here and be like, you know, talk about how disappointed we are, but we like to try and keep things as positive as possible on here. But um, just quickly, in a nutshell, Ben, um, our views have probably changed from straight after the full-time whistle yesterday uh, to, to now, now that we've slept through it. Have we bottled promotion or is it still in our hands? Well, not bottle promotion because we're still six points clear, but are you fear, fearful of us bottling promotion or do you still confident that we'll go up? Um, for promotion, um, feeling really worried, if I'm totally honest. Um, what worries me the most is that they had a week to prepare for that game yesterday and they put in a spineless performance like that. Um, just wasn't good enough from start to finish. Um, we was massively let off the hook by Brentford and Swansea, both dropping points. And hopefully this the performance yesterday, hopefully it's similar to the Bournemouth performance where it will kick everyone up the arse now and yeah. performances need to be up. But unfortunately, we're going to a tough place Tuesday night in Carrow Road where Norwich have just been promoted. But they can actually 
win the title um, Tuesday <laughs> night, which doesn't help matters at all. Um, I don't think we've bottled it yet. It's still in our hands. Uh, yes, I was I was fuming um, yesterday when a full-time whistle was, and I put a tweet out with a lot of swearing words in it because um, <laughs> I felt like I needed to get it off my chest. It, it, we deserved more. We deserved better than that as Watford fans yesterday. Oh, would I say I wouldn't mind losing if we actually turned up and put in a performance? Mm. Possibly you would maybe say, well, at least we gave it a go. Um, but we didn't give it a go yesterday. We were still on the coach. Um, yeah. I don't think we bottled it. We're, we're still in a very good position. Swansea and Brentford would um, want to be in our position right now. Um, I know we're playing three out of the top four um, <laughs> in our remaining four games, but... Look at it this way: if we if we ended up being in the playoffs anyway, we would have had to play three out of the four in the playoffs anyway, wouldn't we? So that's very true. That is very true. James, how are you feeling about this now? Is it um, mass? Have you are you massively worried now, or do you still think we'll get over the line? Well, what I would say is like we're we're obviously all very reactionary after after these games, and and you know we go back to last week against Reading. We we're all very happy after that game, and we, we're all, we're all kind of sitting here saying, "Oh yeah, we'll go up." You know, it, we we should be going up from this stage. Um, you know, after we beat Reading. Um, but looking at the last five fixtures we had, you know, including Luton in that, I did expect us to lose at least one of them just because of the calibre of opposition we got to play. So I'm not surprised we've lost the game in, in, the, in these last five games. But the fact it was against Luton, it makes it more frustrating, of course. And, you know, as Ben said, we've still got to go away to Norwich. Uh, we've got Millwall at home and we've got Brentford away and then we've got Swansea at home. So to lose the first game out of them five is really frustrating. Um, but yeah, as I said, I expect this to, you know, I, I expect this to drop points in this running. But but yeah, I am still confident. Um, I, I I think it's going to come down to them final two games, though, I think. <sighs> I think it might come down to that Brentford game, actually. I think if we beat Brentford on that day, I think that might be the day we go up. But hopefully not. Hopefully we'll get it done against Millwall. Hopefully a point will be enough at Brentford. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've constantly said I do not want it going down to the last game of the season. If we go into that Swansea game having to win to go on, watching. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what I'll do. I, I genuinely, I, I, I just cannot. Like, my, I, my, I won't be able to go through with it. Um, really want it to be the case against Millwall. I think we were trying to work it out whether it was mathematically possible uh, to do on Saturday. God, it's on Saturday, isn't it? We got Millwall. Now you say yeah. it like that. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, whether it is mathematically possible to do on Saturday, I don't know. But as you say, we have got another tough, an absolute stinker of a game on Tuesday. As Ben's pointed out, they can win the title and they're coming in off the back of a three-one defeat, so they're not going to be happy. So. Yeah. I'll take a six o'clock kickoff. It gets out of the way soon. <laughs> but I, I think if, if we looking positively, if if we beat Norwich and beat Millwall, I do think we probably get promoted. It, it would mean we'll have to rely on maybe Swansea and Bournemouth both dropping points. But I'm not sure who Swansea have got next, but I know the next two games for Brentford is Cardiff and Bournemouth. Um so they're possibly going to slip up points there. So we really Swansea need to get six points. Swansea got a QPR good result yesterday away at Middlesbrough. And then, and then they've then got Reading on Saturday. Yeah, Sunday, Swansea got Reading away. Um, so, so we yeah. might not even be able to wrap it up on Saturday if Swansea are playing so what, on four, Sunday. Four, four, if we get four points out of Norwich and um, Millwall, I think we'll, we'll be happy with that. 
Oh, absolutely, that, yeah. absolutely, all day. I, I'd, I'd snap your head off at a draw against Norwich. I, I'd, I'd, I'd happily take that and walk away with it. Um, so yeah, it, it is, it is going to be. You know, it, it's not long now till the end of the season. You know, eighth for May, the final game of the season. We're on the eighteenth of April today, so it really isn't long at all. And I'm just hoping that we could get over the line, even if we fall over the line, even if we sort of crawl over that line. As long as we get over it, then we can worry about the bigger picture of. What do we do with the manager? What do we do about players? We'll worry about all that. Let's do it first. Obviously, as James said, I think we've mentioned on this podcast in the past, and many other Watford fans have, we, we've sort of thought a, a defeat was coming in the remaining games, but not. we didn't think it would happen against Luton. So, you know, it's not like it's massively set us back. We're still six points clear of uh, seconds. I think we're eight points clear of third or seven points yeah. there, whatever it is. So it is still in our hands. Um, if this was recorded straight after the game, then as Ben will know, because I sent him a very long, angry voice uh, voice note, I would have said that we'll, we've bottled the playoffs. I, I sent about seven voice notes out yesterday saying, that's it, we've bottled it, we've bottled it. We're not going up, put money on. I said, what for the five and a half to one not to finish second with the bookmakers? Put money on it. We're oh, not God, going up. you're in... You and our mate, Jacob, all week have been looking at bookies um, odds to see how much you get for Watford not getting promoted. It's still there, uh, Thanks for outing me there, Ben. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, guilty. Guilty, Your Honour. Guilty as charged. Um, but yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with just a bit of transfer news and then we'll be back with your questions that you've sent in. So yeah, we'll go to a quick break. <laughs> Voices of the Vic is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off now and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Manscaped has just launched in the UK, and we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ever ball trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. The third generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Yeah, um, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof as well, so it allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by just USB. So if you're listening right now, I want you to experience that firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to the touch clean. It's 20% off plus free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Make your testies your besties <laughs> get 20% off at and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you 
Thanks for returning for part two of the podcast. Um, as as always, we, uh, we we do like this feature that is coming up. There is a, a bit of transfer news before we, we talk all about that. Uh, firstly, though, I just want to say um, congratulations to the club who were voted the EFL 2021 Regional Community Club of the Year. Uh, now, granted, it was under the London category and Watford isn't in London. But uh, just quickly, Ben, I mean, the work that... And this is briefly touching on it because you know the work they do is 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 huge. But I think the work they did with the NHS alone throughout the pandemic was absolutely superb, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and it's been on the card for years. I think we're a really good run football club, and the work that they put in for the community, and like you say, for the pandemic, for all the NHS staff letting them come in and eat at Vicarage Road, have somewhere to rest, switch off from all the mayhem that they're having to deal with for 12 hours a day in their jobs. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's, it's brilliant to see Watford actually getting rewarded now because we've seen it for a good few years now, but to actually be recognised is fantastic. Yeah, it's nice that that ethos from the Graham Taylor era... Um, it's, it's still there. Still, it's still there. You know, owners can come, managers can come, players can pass and go and but that that ethos that Graham Taylor brought to the club is, is still very much there and as you say to be recognised for it it's the least that they deserve so congratulations to everyone and like I said you know the NHS is just a small part of it you know we, we, we could probably sit here for, for hours talking about the, the work that they do on and off the pitch so everyone that's connected with the club congratulations to them really really well done and thoroughly deserved and um, in terms of a couple of transfer uh, bits that we've got, fans' favourite or ex-fans' favourite, Ashley Young, could be returning to uh, to Watford. He's been linked with, um, I think, he he obviously left Watford 14 years ago, but I think it's a Daily Mail have reported that we could look at offering, a, I think it would be a one-year deal uh, if we get promoted. So I think when this story first broke a few weeks back, um, it was... It was not dependent on us going up, but the the new reports would suggest that we would have to go up in order for Ashley to join. So, um, James, your thoughts on it? Again, another topic we could probably sit and debate yeah. for hours, but just quickly, your, what are your thoughts on, on the return of, or the potential return of Ashley Young? Would you welcome it with open arms, or do you think it, it's a, a, a sign we don't really need to make? Um, well, so... What I would say is I never really am a fan of us signing players coming towards the end, end of their careers. Like Carlos Sanchez, I wasn't really a fan of that signing when that happened. Yeah. Um, is signing a 35-year-old left-back for one year the right move to make when you could maybe invest in, in younger players? Um, I don't think it is. It all depends on his wages for me. You know, If he's going to be on loads and loads of money um, and... It, uh, and he's going to be starting every week, I probably wouldn't look to do it because, you you know, Lazar's obviously not going to be here next season. I think that's quite evident, you know, with his performances. Bloody on the pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think the club will look to keep him. So, you know, there is a gap there to fill. Um, but for me, whether Ashley Young's the right person to do that, but, you know, for the short term, maybe, but looking longer term, I think we'll just delay in the inevitable of buying, you know, a younger right back in. And it's another example of the club not really wanting to spend a lot of money for me. So I probably wouldn't look to do it. But, you know, if we can't find anyone else um, and we have to do the deal, then, then obviously the club will probably push through with it. Yeah. And, and Ben, I mean, 
I, I can't believe how much of a, a mixed bag this got. You know, you we put it out on our social medias and the comments like it's so 50-50. It's not one-sided or anything. What what would your view be on bringing um, Ashley Young back to Vicarage Road? I would absolutely love um, Young to come back. I think when we Same. spoke to a, a few weeks ago, we when we interviewed Jordan Stewart, we actually mentioned it to him and he... Uh, Jordan Stewart has got his own podcast, hasn't he? And he was saying yes. that he spoke to Ashley Young and he Ashley Young actually mentioned it to Stewart saying that he'd want to come back to England and Hertfordshire and that and that there is potential of a move back to Watford, which is re- really exciting. Um, I, I get where James is coming from. It's, it's a lot to ask for a 35-year-old to come in and like to perform constantly week in, week out at his age. But he's been doing it in Inter Milan side of him, like 11 points clear at the top of Serie A and they could be winning this title for the first time in like 11 years. Hmm. Um, so he's, he's still performing at a high level and I think he could he could do that in the Watford side next season. I think he, he could be better than Adam Messina. I think he's definitely better than Lazar. So for me, it's an improvement on that left-hand side. And also, we've, we've struggled from set pieces all season. You, yeah. you know the quality that Ashley Young brings when he stands over a dead ball, whether it's a free kick that he's going to stick in the top corner or standing over a corner. You know the delivery's going to be good. And Watford have missed that for years. So I'm 100% in the camp of bringing Ashley Young back to the club. Yeah, he mentioned it in the podcast he did with the with the club as well. Uh, Kevin Affleck interviewed him and a superb interview. And uh, I think he maybe dropped a little hint about it then as well. But as you say, you know, the, the set pieces, he, he certainly knows how to score them. I mean, someone retweeted our tweet about Ashley Young joining and said, if you're a fan that's not liking this because he celebrated against us those years ago, then, you know, sort of give your head a wobble sort of thing. And I completely agree. Listen, you know, yes, he celebrated against us. Players do that. You can't get pissed off at every ex-player that celebrates against you. You know, I, I, if I played for a different club, I'd probably celebrate against my old team as well. So, you know, you, you, it's it's part and parcel of football. So, but I'd welcome it with open arms, and hopefully, it does come true. And um, another name we've been linked with, who I really hope we don't sign because I don't think he's been very good this season. He's Keen Bryan. Um, he's a centre-half, he's 24, and Re- Sheffield United got relegated yesterday. Um, but apparently that we're looking to bring him in. Uh, he can join as a free agent as his uh, contract expires this summer. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure on that one, to be honest. And then another name we've been linked with is Newcastle winger Jacob Murphy. Um, he's got one year left on his contract at Newcastle, and he could be available for £3 million in the summer if he fails to agree on an extension. Uh, and Rangers and Southampton are also after him. I, I, I'd very much welcome Jacob Murphy. I think he's very, very good. I think, if memory serves me correctly, he was at Norwich, I think. Or He's, he's got, got a twin brother, hasn't he? That's it. He's got a brother who... Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd welcome that one. Out of those two, I'd definitely take Jacob Murphy. I think, I think we need player. to strengthen, I think we need to add a bit of depth and wide positions, actually. I mean, we've got obviously Saar and, and Semmer there, who, who are fantastic players, but but apart from that, if they're injured, who, who is there left to come in? So, yeah, I think we definitely need to add a little bit of depth to them to them wide yeah. positions. I, yeah. think yes. either, I think he can play either side as well, which is, which is obviously good to see. Mm. I think yesterday proved that we've got not really much squad depth to the side or quality in the squad depth, have we? Um, so maybe yesterday you would have called out for someone like Jacob Murphy, come on and change your game. And it's a lot to bring Hungbo on in that where he's still learning and that. So I think maybe we do need another experienced body on the on the wings. Mm. Well, you mentioned 
Joseph Hungbo there, talking of young Watford players, it was announced yesterday um, that Sonny Blue Low Everton, who's very highly rated within the Watford ranks, went um, agreed a loan with Weldstone. And he then scored on his debut, although they did lose 7-2 at home to Hartlepool. So it was a bit of a consolation goal. But uh, It I've wasn't heard of... just a goal, though. Have you seen it? He, he runs in and out of three players like Messi would and just slots it in the bottom corner. He just oh, runs wow. through them like there's no one there. Have a look. It's on the Watford Academy Twitter page. Well, there we go. I'll certainly be taking a look. Make sure you guys do as well. Um, but yeah, he's very, very highly rated by the sounds of him from the club. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he can come through. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the transfer news and uh, and the other bits and pieces. And thanks as always to uh, to Ben for putting that together. Um, we'll get stuck into some of your questions now. You know, I'm very. I say this every week, but especially after yesterday, I'm very surprised we still got sent questions. Although I don't think we actually got sent any funny questions because I don't think anyone was in the mood um, I, I mean, saw one come through early when we started recording so maybe we could start off with that and I can I can read it out I was um, going to say if you've, it, if you've seen yeah, it's it it's a late one that came over. in um, this morning it's from Chris Bone the regular listener and the Lincoln Hornet as yeah. known on Twitter uh, he put in a question earlier saying steak bake or sausage rolls what are you going for boys Oh, I'm not a big fan of the steak bake so I'm going to have to go sausage rolls Yes, sausage James? roll for me all the way. Love a sausage roll, I do. <laughs> ben, steak bait oh, or James. sausage, <laughs> bait or sausage roll? Um, has to be sausage roll for me. Yeah. Um, it's queen, queen, uh, clean sweep, that one, eh? It is, yeah. You're 100% all the way through. Um, I mean, John Parslow said, not really a question, but he said, if no one was there to see the game, did it really happen and does it count? I got quite a few likes that did. Uh, I like your thinking there, John. Um the one and only Steve D said, if Watford ever went bust, which team would you support? Now, I had a really good answer to this yesterday in my head when I was at the pub. But when I'm reading it out, I've completely... East Sleep Robbins. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, I would probably, if Watford didn't exist, I I would support Solly or Moores because uh, they're my local non-league side. But I actually, when I was younger, I can't remember how old I was. Um I'm sure if my old man's listening, he'll be able to remind me. But I went through a weird phase of liking Sunderland. Like I've always supported Watford, but like I had a couple of Sunderland players, like posters of them that you used to get in the Match magazine. I don't know if any of you boys ever read the Match magazines. They're like Ian Phillips. Uh, I don't. I don't think it went that far back. No. Um, but yeah, I, they used to do posters of like, I think they were A4 posters and I yeah. used to collect the Sunderland players for some reason. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if, uh, I think I know the answer to you, Ben, because we were chatting about it in the week, but if Watford weren't, went, were to ever, Jesus, if Watford were to ever go bust, who would you support? I find it hard to support another side, but like we were speaking during the week, um, I have a soft spot for a United up in Scotland. Um, they're in a championship up there. They're struggling massively this season. It looks like they're going to get the, uh, relegated. I think they lost 4-0 away to Arbroath yesterday. And Arbroath aren't a very good side in the Scottish League either. So it would probably be a United for me. I've got family up there. There's a lot of history uh, with my family up there. I went up there two years ago to watch them play, actually, for the first time. Ooh. I saw them um, play um, Annan Athletic and won... 3-2, I think um, Lawrence Shankland 
um, scored for a United and then he's gone on to represent Scotland since. Um, I think he's even scored for Scotland since as well. So yeah, mm. mine would probably be, I'd find it hard to support another English side. So, uh, yeah. And because I've got a soft spot for Air United, uh, it would probably be Air United. Yeah. Um, James, anyone? Me? Yeah. For me, it would probably actually be Ajax. Um, Ajax? Ooh. Yeah. I, I kind of I like, like what they do. Yeah, I like what they do with their youth and, and their academies. I, I really like the idea of bringing through youth players that, that you've brought up to sell through the club. Um, and I think their kits are really, really clean as well. So, so yeah, for me, I'd probably go with, with Ajax. Yeah. Remember Have you been we... to Amsterdam, James? <laughs> no, not yet. No, not a year or two, Ben, and I'll make the journey over there. Quality. I, I got, take, I got uh, taken there for my 30th one on this, is, and we did a tour of the stadium. And it's, it's breathtaking. It's amazing. And to see going there and seeing it for yourself, like you see it on a TV, but it's totally yeah. different when you get there. And the history behind the club as well. Like you forget they've won a Champions League so many times as well. And all the players have actually played for this club as well. And you go through the museum afterwards and seeing all their shirts and trophy. It's fantastic. And the nightlife's not too bad either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's for our X-rated podcast that we do in midweek, I think, that chat. But, um, I'm sure Brendan would take you the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, there's a couple of times uh, talking about Brendan where I've put uh, on social I'm media... Imagine he's a, I imagine he goes mental in a night out. I imagine he drinks oh, a lot he as well. Does. Don't worry, I've I've seen lots of videos that he sent me. I've seen lots of videos. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he corrected me on my beer choice once. So I was drinking Grolsch, and I think that's uh, that's from the Netherlands. And uh, he he wasn't too happy at my choice of beer. So yeah. Um, the next question, <laughs> my brother Cameron sent one in, which made me laugh. It says, "Can either of you play left back?" <laughs> um, Funny enough, when I was playing 11 side, I was a left back, but I was a right footed left back. But I think I could do a better job than Lazar. There we go. Cisco, if you're listening, we'll uh, we'll drop you a DM with Ben's details. We can get in touch. When I managed uh, my 11 side team a couple of years ago, uh, I. I was one of them players that would a bit of a utility player. I wasn't very good, but I'd come on and sort of fill in in, in different various roles and positions. And once I come on as a left back, because our left back got injured. And the first thing I did, there was this young lad who was like, he was really skillful. He, he was about 18 or so. And, he was like running rings around players. And I thought, I'm the gaffer here. I can't be getting done over by this lad. So I've just absolutely <laughs> nailed him. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how I didn't, I didn't even get booked for it. So I, I, I was, I was a bit like Batman in that sense. I was halfway to the showers. I thought I'm, I'm being sent here, but didn't even get booked. <laughs> so um, I think we've answered this next one um, already, but we'll read it out. Thanks for sending it in Hornet Shane. Um, how do you see the rest of the season panning out for us? Do you genuinely think it will come down to the last game or will we get the job done earlier? I think we've already touched on that one, lads. Uh, so I thought I'd read the question out anyway. Um, George White, not really a question, but he said, in my opinion, we should shuffle the pack. Two or three looked well off the pace today. Uh, oh, no, it is a question. He said opinions. So, uh, James, starting with you, going into the Norwich game and maybe the rest of the yeah. games. Would you shuffle the pack and maybe make two or three changes? I think I think so. I mean, you've got you've got nothing to lose at this point. I mean, well, well, there is a lot to lose, obviously. I mean, you've got <laughs> yeah, promotions on the line here, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been in the last forty games, James? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need to reword that. There is, yeah. of course, a lot to lose. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Zisco is partly to blame because 
of his lack of rotation. And, you know, I know we touched on it earlier about Lazar not playing a lot of football. That I don't think that would have helped him either. I mean, I know it's quite clear he's probably not up to our level. Um, who just seems to be out of favour with Zisco. I don't know why he's not trying him at times this season. Um, I know someone there put a question saying, you know, is, is Ben Wilmot, you know, could, could we try Ben Wilmot? Um at left back rather than Lazar. I think Finonen submitted that question on Twitter. Mm. Um, it's definitely something to look at. And I just think that Zisco, he's got his favourite 11. I think he needs to try a few other options. Why not start a Hung Vo? Um, why not start a Wilmot? You know, we've got Dan Gosling and Tom Cleverley on the bench. There is strength and depth there. Um, we need to try a bit more. So, yeah, I think uh, the Norwich game is... Uh, uh, it's, it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one, but I do think we need to, we do need to rotate. We definitely need to rotate, but you know, what Zisco does, that's up to him, but he could be the creator of his own downfall, if you will, if he sticks with these players. I think as well, just talking about the Norwich game, which we, we will end the podcast on, just giving our thoughts on it, but I think it's a perfect game, and I know this might sound crazy, but it is a perfect game to try and bounce back with. Because if we do manage to put in a spirited performance, we do manage to get a draw, we do manage to get a win, then you think the confidence that will come off the back of that would be absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, but Catherine Jones, um, you know, we don't know the answer to this, unfortunately, but she said, why is Isaac seen as a game changer when he clearly isn't? I know the club have persisted with him for some time now and there must be something that they see in him, but he's not even championship level. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a fair point. Ben Matthews said, I've said before, the team needs freshening up. It's clear to see the locks of Pedro, Semer, Trusta, Conga badly out of form. Is Cisco afraid to change things because of the run we've had? I think you've just touched on that there, James. Uh, mm. We got lucky in our last few games and we were woeful and deserved to get nothing against Luton. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, somebody did tag Cisco in that comment, which I think was a bit out of order. There's no need to do that. But um, And as you say, you know, um, Ben, I want to get your thoughts on the question that James just read out from Finn Onans. Do you think Wilmot would do a better uh, better job than Lazar in left-back if Messina isn't fit? Because we've seen oh, him play there against QPR away, I think it was. Well, hearing of your story coming off the bench and filling it left back, I think you could do a better job at left back if you can just crunch someone out like that. Um, but yeah, no, um, definitely Ben Wilmot or Jeremy Ningakia for me. Um, but Ben Ningakia would probably play on the right because Kiko's suspended, isn't he? Um, so yeah, it's got to be Wil- Wilmot, but I just hope that Cisco doesn't play Lazar again. I don't want to see him in a Watford shirt again. And I don't want to sound harsh or anything, but he's not good enough for Watford. He's not good enough for the championship. He won't good enough for Sheffield Wednesday. They ended up getting rid of him and they're towards the bottom of the table. So that just says it all, really. Um, ben Wilmot has to start at left back. Um, I don't think he's played that role under Cisco this season, though. Um, he, he did it under Ivic, but he hasn't. He's been frozen out, hasn't he? Really, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite concerned for his future actually um, at, at the club at the moment, just because of how little he's been utilised since Cisco's come in. Yeah, yeah, like he he used to make the bench. Um, a few times, didn't he, at the very start for Cisco? But, but yeah, the last few weeks, similar to Stipe Perugia, both of them aren't getting into a matchday squad at all. And I think um, we just saw 
Ben Wilmot post a selfie with his missus like a couple of hours before we played, not um, against Luton, but against Reading. And then everyone was like, oh, so Wilmot's not in the starting lineup or match day squad again. So it just shows that it's just not in Cisco's plans. And it's frustrating because we know the talent that he's got. We've spoke highly of him before, haven't we, Mark? And we said mm. if he plays week in, week out, he is potentially a future England star. Um, I, I'm, I know that's maybe getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but I think he's capable of playing for England one day if he plays week in, week out. We saw how good he did at Swansea. We've seen how good he was for us at the start of the season. And look, he's a future Watford captain as well. He, he could play for the rest of his career at Watford. But yeah, I do think that Cisco's probably damaged that now, um, coming in and not giving him any games. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on there. And I would like to see Wilmot given a try because, as you say, it's really hard to, to know what's happened. Um, I'd love to get round to all the questions, but I've just realised in, in terms of time, we are a little bit stretched. So um, we, we will, you know, keep sending your questions in um, every week. We, we will look at answering them. Um, so apologies if your question wasn't uh, read out, but yeah, um, we are stretched for time. One question we had, which made me laugh, I don't know if he meant to word it differently, was from Paul uh, Fiander-Turner. He said, <laughs> if we try and play for four more nil-nil results, like just like today, how many points do you think we're likely to get? Well, if we draw a nil-nil four times, and I think pretty much nailed on to get four points there, Paul. Um, so I, I, I think what he's trying to say is if we try and play for a nil-nil, will it will it persist and will we get that nil-nil? Uh, I think that's what he's, um, he's trying to he's say. He's trying to say that yesterday we set up for a nil-nil and it, yeah, we ended yeah. up losing the game. So, yeah. yeah. If, yeah and if, we, right, if we set up to get nil-nils the game in the next few games, are we going to end up losing them as well? So I see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just before we wrap up the pods, obviously we're, we're back in action again on Tuesday night. Nice, easy one. Carrow Road, as you said, Ben Norwich can uh, be claim can be crowned the the title winners of the championship if they win. So they'll be fired up, and obviously they've coming in off the back of a three-one defeat to Bournemouth. Just quickly start with you, Ben. How do you see this one um, panning out? And if you can end it with a score prediction as well, please. Really not looking forward to this game at all. Um, I think it's the worst possible time to play Norwich. Um, uh-huh. We've just lost to our local rivals. We're looking to bounce back, but equally Norwich has just been promoted. They've, they've lost 3-1 at home to Bournemouth, which would have hurt. Um, and they can win a title against us Tuesday. So I'm not looking forward to this at all. Um, Messina, I'm hoping he's better and feeling better. Um, we need him playing at left-back because we can't go into that game with Messina out and Kiko out, um, we can't do that at all. Um, so, not looking forward to it. Norwich, you've got the best player in the championship, in my opinion, and Brendia. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I can't believe he's playing at this level. Um, but then people will probably say that with Sara as well. I can't believe that he's playing at this level. Um, yeah. I do think Brendia is going to end up playing for a Champions League club. Um, I could even see, see him playing for Manchester City one day. I, I think could see him at City. Yeah. I, I think he's similar to uh, Riyad Mahrez. Um, I think he's a really top quality player. Um, and it won't be long. I don't think he starts for Argentina yet, does he? But I, I think he's knocking on the door. He's very close to starting. Um, imagine that, Brendan and Messi in the same side for Argentina. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a threat. But um, yeah, um, score petition. Oh. I'm going to go for a 1 1 Watford draw. Just that's me being positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll take that. James? Uh, 
it's a tricky one. I mean, I, I would take a draw at this point, obviously, just because of the situation we're in. Obviously, if, if we can, I'd look to win the game. But, but yeah, definitely take a draw. I mean, you look at the quality they've got. Timo Puki, you know, Buendia, as Ben mentioned, Tim Krulingo, Max Ahrens. They've got a lot of quality there. And and yeah, they'll be looking to bounce back after, after that form of defeat. So I'm going to go with an entertaining 2-2 two, two draw. Oh, do you know what? I, I was thinking that there, there could be goals in this. Um, I, I, I'm going to be positive. What, if, if, if we defend like we did <laughs> Saturday, there will definitely be goals in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go with you, James. I, I, I'm going to say 2-2 two, two as yeah. well. Um, I think I there'll think... be a lot of opportunity for us to counter, actually. Yeah. If we, uh, if we, if we set up you know, correctly, then I think we can give Norwich a good game. It just doesn't Norwich, help. Yeah, I sorry, think Norwich are going to set up similar to what Reading did against us. It's going to be quite yeah. an open game. It's not going to be like when we face um, Middlesbrough and Bourm- um, Bournemouth or Luton where they, they kind of played... Um, they, they just forced our hand, didn't they? And we had no yeah. plan B and we really struggled. Whereas Norwich, they're going to probably have a lot of possession and we're going to look to counter-attack on them. And I think that's when we, we look more dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, and listen, there might be Watford fans listening to this thinking, I can't believe these boys are saying so too. And it is, well, I can't believe these boys are back in the draw. And it, it is sort of hard to think that after coming in off the back of such a disappointing performance and result. But I do think that I, I am really, really hoping. I do think this is just a blip. You know, every team has bad games, and I really, really hope that this is one of that was our bad game yesterday. Uh, and if we can come back with a, a draw against Norwich, then spirits will be high again, and this will probably be brushed under the carpet and forgotten about. You know, at the end of the day, we, we're still in the driving seat to go up. So, um, uh, like I said, I'm going to go two-two as well, but it's going to be a very, very tense game. Although it, it could be a good game for the neutral. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> if I was a neutral, I'd be very much looking forward to this one, uh, and I think there'll be a reaction hopefully. So that's is why it I think on, be is it actually on Sky Sports or is yeah, it on yeah. the red button? No, it's the main main one on Sky. As James said, I think it's a six o'clock kickoff. But yeah, main one on Sky. Brilliant. So um, yeah, looking forward to a scathing review from. Don Goodman again, probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it is it is going to be a tricky, tricky game. And then hopefully, you know, me and Ben, and if someone may join us on the pod on Saturday, we 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 trying to iron a few um, guests out. But hopefully, we could be talking about going up on that Saturday. Which now that I've realised that it is um, next weekend, I'm sort of like, wow, it does creep up on you. So yeah, but. Um, as always, thank you very, very much for taking your time out to listen. Um, I, I know it, it was not easy. I, me and Ben could have very easily just said, we're not doing it yesterday. Um, but after sleeping on it, we talked through it. And like we do every time that we lose. And you, you brush yourselves down and you go again next week. Or in our case, you go again on Tuesday. So thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate your continued support. It's been absolutely great. Uh, almost coming up to the end of the season now and the support that we've received throughout this whole season has been absolutely mind-blowing. Thanks, as always, for sending your questions in as well. And, uh, yeah, myself and Ben will be back in midweek to talk about the Norwich game and then look ahead to the home game against Millwall. But enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your week coming up. And come on, you horns.
Social Podcast Network.